the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your investments and retirement. In this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Hey, let's uh, let's warm up on this cold day with a couple of Will Rogers quotes. There are two theories to arguing with a woman. Neither works. <laughs> if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. There are three kinds of men. The ones that learn by reading, the few who learn by observation, and the rest of them that have to pee on the electric fence and find out for themselves. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know if I'm not allowed to use that word, but anyway. Uh, good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of, com- of that comes from bad judgment. Ain't that the truth? All right. So here we are. It's Saturday, and uh, we're a new year. And look, I, I, I keep harping on this stuff, but I'm going to continue. If you have a company, and you're not sure if your company and your people are able to put as much money as they can in their 401ks or their self-directed IRAs, whatever it may be, Dunbar and Benham, Benner, <laughs> sorry, we have Dane. Topich, who's an expert in this field, and we'd be glad to sit down with you. Uh, it's not going to cost you anything unless we figure out to help you with, okay? Uh, he was on two weeks before Christmas or three weeks before Christmas. Uh, he's a really good guy to work with. I highly recommend it. Don't forget, the dogs of the Dow, I forgot to mention it last week, and I apologize, but the dogs of the Dow are now, okay? Second of all, the wealth plan. I highly, you know, if you don't have a plan, any road will get you there, right? Uh, and you, you better hope the road doesn't have any potholes or a bridge is out. And then the family inventory workbook for those of you who have things everywhere, all over the place. You can get this if you go to WHK1420's webpage and go down to the local podcast, down to the Smart Investor Show. Just hit the contact me. While you're there, go to Insight. There's a couple new articles there this week that I think are really intriguing. They give you names. They name names, okay? They give you ideas. Um, also, you know, Rob Schleimer's work is under Bulletin Board, and it's called Trend and Cycle Roadmap. I highly recommend it this week. Um, if you want to have a cup of coffee, you want to talk about your portfolio, wealth plan, et cetera, et cetera, let me know. I, I over the holidays, we had quite a few, where about five a week, <laughs> uh, people out there. Remember, you can do a wealth plan now without becoming a client uh, in hopes that you will become a client. All right? So just leave it at that. So last week, we uh, we talked about Lori Calvacina's stuff. And, uh, you know, Lori uh, talked about the outlook over the next 12 months. And she talked about she, she was most constructive on health care. And by the way, if you go to Rob Schleimer's uh, stuff today, he is his third page. I sent an email to a lot of people and uh, the second page, so I apologize. Uh, the third page, it talks about biotechnology. Beautiful looking chart, some of those big biotech stocks. And I'm going to tell you, there was, there was no volume on the way down. So if there's any kind of good news on some of these stocks, they're gonna, it's going to be liftoff. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to a gentleman Friday who, has a lot of money in cash right now. And he, he talked about, well, why don't we buy like five of your best ideas in the small cap area? I think that's a really good idea. Uh, energy, I think, you know, look, energy is just 5% of the S&P 500 right now. Okay. When it peaked, it was at 24. I think there's more room to run in energy. Uh, but believe me, they're not, I think electric cars are three or 4% of the population now. I don't think they're going to get to 10 because we don't have, we can't power them, all right? There'll be some tech. Utilities look really, really good also. And by the way, REITs came in, uh, tech, utilities, and REITs were all, uh, by the way, 
rated third. They tied. Um, I would say valuations, though. Uh, and by the way, this goes with S&P's information last week. Communication services was one of the best places to have your money. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. Uh, in Lori's eyes, it was the cheapest. And by the way, communication services, financials, and materials, which we've been talking about for some time now, were where the most money came in uh, last week. So uh, Lori was a step ahead, so good for her. Um, the, the, the inflation numbers were kind of interesting this week, and, and I'm going to talk about those in a second. Some people, uh, I keep getting questions about ESG, and that's environmental, social, and governance-type uh, investing. They, you know, they got walloped in the second half of the year. So there's a really good valuation and earnings backdrop for a lot of those ESG darlings right now. So that might be a place to take a look. Uh, somebody asked me about oil. I love oil. I love oil service more. Okay, so I'll leave it at that. Now, look, the December payroll preview uh, I mean, um, numbers were positive for the market. And you can see how much money is out there because we've had two inflation numbers that were positive. One day we were up 1,600 points. That was in November. That was the two weeks before Thanksgiving. And now we had another consensus forecast that was we were below the consensus forecast. So uh, there was a, and by the way, we downgraded the two months beforehand. So uh, some people were thinking that, you know, uh, that that's a problem. The other thing that came in, out last week was, you know, the, the Federal Reserve talked twice. Mr. Powell even spoke of this about, you know, the industrial manufacturing purchasing managers index was below 50. That means you're in recession. But he talked about the services group. Well, it dropped seven points from 50, almost 56 to about 48.9. That means they're in recession too. So that was one of the things people were looking for. And the market rallied 700 points. Now, just so you know, there's an old saying, as goes the first week of January, goes the market. We were up. We were up. Okay? So remember that. All right, we're going to get into some other things pretty soon here. But in the meantime, I'm supposed to say, actually, I was supposed to say three minutes ago, this is a live show. And if you got a question, call in at 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. So, look, if it's my humble opinion, everybody's bearish. And I, I talked to like 25 people last week. And, and one guy, at, at the end of the week, I talked to him. And I, he, he's... Um, a smaller account as of now. He's a good guy. Uh, and I told him, I said, you know, everybody's negative. You know, I had him a couple ideas for him. And uh, I think he agreed with him. I just got to come. Uh, the, the idea I had didn't go down this week. <laughs> the only stock in the, in the uh, Dow Jones that didn't go down. All right. So it was it was tough buying it. Uh, I didn't. If I had a lot more money, I bought a little. And then I was hoping to pull back. But I think it will pull back. It's, it's pretty overbought right now. And then I got another idea. And it's in Rob Schleimer's work this week. So you got to take a look. So, but you can see how much money is on the sidelines, folks, while you're sitting on your hands bearish. This may be, and I said this in March of 2009, first week, I said it on this radio. This may be a generational buying opportunity. Remember last year, I said we were at the top of the trend chart. Okay. Now, the problem with this is, and, you know, uh, I was wrong in May, but I was wrong with Tom Lee and Lori Calvacina and a few other dozen major strategists who were saying that was the bottom. Okay, it was wrong. But we really haven't hit a new low since September. And on September 30th, I did say, I think we hit bottom on this show. Now, I think, you know, John Templeton back in, I think it was 1933 or whatever it was, Told his investment advisor he he had inherited like twenty thousand dollars to buy a hundred shares of every stock underneath a buck. Uh, John's fortune at the end of his life was about six hundred million dollars. Any questions, folks? <laughs> Let me know. All right. So, but if the Fed allows financial conditions to ease, we're not. I mean, they're still talking. 
you know, they're moving up. And we moved up 700 bucks in a day. Could stocks post double-digit gains in 2023? I don't know. But I think the FCI should look that up. Matters more than Fed funds right now. So watch that. Look, if we look back on last year, 2022 was a year of round trips. And I'll be honest with you, I did, you know, on the show, I just said we were at the top of the trend line. But, you know, what, what had happened the last two times we were at the top of the trend line is we had a couple of hiccups and then we went sideways. This time we went all the way down to the, the trend line. And uh, so we, we had all these round trips and, and it was not a fun experience, let's put it that way. But look, I'm telling you, if they ease or they even talk about easing, or the numbers come in light, you know, meaning there's bad news. I think you're going to have liftoff. No, that's Tim's, you know, that's Tim's opinion, not RBC's. But look, there was something that happened this week. The Bank of Japan threw a curveball to everybody. Uh, it was a move that I think has global significance, and so I'm going to mention it. They, the Bank of Japan, surprised everybody by a relaxation of its yield curve control policy, which will likely have big-time implications for the global financial markets. What it could contribute to is global yields rising, particularly as bond markets have already been shaken by the ongoing you know, hiking cycles. So you've got to think about that. So uh, you know, the Bank of Japan in December lifted the cap to half a percentage point. So uh, it was a surprise move. And I think it's uh, something that you have to be thinking about. Now, by the way, when interest rates go up, you buy value stocks. Now, this is what I thought was going to happen two years ago, and then we had this small thing called the pandemic. And, you know, obviously the Fed had to save the day, and they did. And you got to remember, everybody's giving the Fed a hard time, and I have too, and I, I got to step back a little bit. The government is not helping. They've spent $7.7 trillion in two years. You can just tell your kids now they're going to be in the 50% bracket. Trust me, that's what's going to happen in the next five, 10 years. We're going to have to, okay? Uh, so, and, and by the way, the Republicans, they, they participated this time. The guy in Alabama, oh, I have no comment. But, you know, as a Republican, I, I was not happy. We didn't participate for the first six trillion. There was not a Republican vote for any of those. All right. That's good news. The bad news is the Democrats had the House and Senate with the, with the vote of the vice president. So they went on the spending spree. Now, the Fed is behind the eight ball. Because several things, they went on a spending spree. They're not giving any more permits or land out for oil drilling. They use the reserves to, to bring oil down for the election. And now they're, you know, we've got a situation where they're not allowing, you know, parcels of land to be bought, government parcels of land for housing, which is another problem that we're going to probably see uh, going forward. So we've got, we've got some, you know, it's, a, it's an intriguing time. Now, look, I'm going to mention this again, the wealth plan. You can, you can get one of these, the wealth plan questionnaire, fill it out. You don't have to be a, a client. I highly recommend it. Also, dividend growth investing. You know, right now, dividend growth investing, investing is interesting because it's, it's not undervalued like it was in 2020, but it's fairly valued right now. Uh, fairly valued is good. All right. So, look. Global stocks are outperforming American stocks right now. I don't know if it's going to last. The relative strength hasn't hit up. But, you know, if you, if you look at the IEV versus the OEX, it went on a buy signal. So on a relative strength business, uh, business this is what we look at, it's better to be in the IEV than the OEX. And the EEM, which is emerging markets, versus the QQQs, which is the NASDAQ composite, broke it uh, – double top, and then another top. So they're on a buy signal. But remember, in dynamic asset level investing, cash is still the number one asset class. So we're still in a bear market on the S&P 500 until we break through 4120. Mark that down. But so globally, we have to look, and we ha I think we have to look at some global stuff. And remember, I've been talking about ADRs now for about a month. So global growth faces a lot of challenges, including rising interest rates, high inflation, 
a, a struggling Chinese economy, and you know these things are are a problem. So I don't think. I mean, remember the market looks out six to eight months, and so economic growth continues to slow. Probably, you know, we're in a recession if we're not, probably close to a recession if we're not in a recession. Inflation has started to calm, though, from extreme high levels. So, you know, they're going to have to, the, the Fed especially, is going to have to start to say, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> All right. And the dollar has peaked. All right. So I think, I don't think the dollar's done going up. All right. When you break out of a 36-year downtrend, you're probably, you know, you may not go up, but you're certainly not going down again. Same thing with the 10-year Treasury yield. It's broken a 40-year downtrend. It's not going back down to the zeros. Don't even think about it, okay? And then finally, I think, uh, you know, central banks probably are approaching the tightening finish line, okay? And I've seen, you know, bonds, bonds are, you know, nearing a support. Matter of fact, if you look at the 10-year minus the six-month treasury, it's, it's at a differential of 1.05%. I don't think I've ever seen that. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. So, you know, equity market valuation risk is diminished pretty drastically, I think, too. So, you know, we got some... Uh, it, it, it's we're, we're in an interesting time. Just remember that we've had 71 positive years and 26 negative years. So we've had five negative years since 2000. All right. So um, five out of 23, not bad. The other thing I would I, I uh, want to mention is like energy. One more time, okay? Energy now is five percent of the current S&P 500. Ten years ago, after energy had been beaten up, it was 11 percent. At one time, it was 22 percent. Right, healthcare uh, is sixteen percent. It was twelve percent. Uh, that's after a pandemic, by the way. Okay, so uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, people, I think, are too bearish right now. You know, remember what does the bullish percent tell us? Tells us to be bullish when things are down. That's what we've been. Pr- that's what we've been preaching on this show for a long, long time. We're going to continue to preach it. Hey, let's take a break. If you have a question, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. I see the sun. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Brandon Tatum sees nothing there again. Donald Trump and his tax returns, what a letdown. They do nothing but go after this man, and nothing seems to stick and yield because they're not doing it in good faith. If you are attacking a person in good faith, I think there will be something that yields. But if you're doing it because of political expediency and you know ain't nothing there, I hope that you reap what you sow. The Officer Tatum Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer. And Odyssey. AM 1420 has officially turned 100. Hey, we've heard a lot of voices and sounds over the years. Fearless Flyer Gary D on WHK. I am Imus on WHK. And of course, your Buckeye buddy, Johnny Holiday. But one thing has remained constant. When news breaks out, Color Channel 14 breaks in. WHK News. WHK News. AM 1420 has been Cleveland's answer for news. 
celebrating 100 years in Cleveland. It's your birthday! You know, a couple things. Uh, about four months ago, I talked about a magazine cover, and it was Tim Cook on the cover of Business Bloomberg Business Week, which is the worst magazine cover you can possibly be on, I think. I'll never forget Business Week when they had every every guy from Silicon Valley on the cover, and I said, oh, we're done in technology. And I said it on the show, by the way. That was in 2000, I think it was. Um, and Tim Cook was on the cover with earpods. Apple was 164 then. <laughs> when the when you're on the cover of a magazine, look out below. All right? I'll just say that. The other, a couple things I noticed, and I'll just mention this again. At the end of 2022, 89% of the IPOs in the last two years were down over 20% from where they came public. And you know what? Was it even more interesting? Five trades last year had about, I mean, five days, I'm sorry. Five trading days accounted for approximately 90% of the losses. Wow. What a year. Glad 2020 is behind us. Anyway, let's talk about the long term because that's important. And I'm going to talk about this until, you know, I've killed the horse <laughs> and I beat it into the ground. There are generational cycles in the stock market, okay? 16 years to 18 years bear market. We just went through that. Went from 2000 to 2016. Uh, by the way, it's funny because they re they got a Republican in the White House and boom, we took off. Um, and you know we were way above the trend line, so we came back and now we're at the trend line, all right? And if we hold here, things could get really, really interesting because this is what they call a secular bull market. All right. So what we're doing is reflating, which isn't a bad thing because we had deflation from 2000 to 2016, which is not a good thing. But these cycles, they move 16 to 18 years. And the last two that we had were, you know, 1929 to the uh, uh, 1962, I think it was. And we went up 2300 percent. And then the second one started in 1972 and ran through 2000, and we went up 2,300%. So if we just go to 2,000%, we're looking at 13,000 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. We're at 3,800, all right? So 3,900 almost. All right, so these 17-year cycles, it's this, you know, if you've only, if you heard about the cycles, uh, this is how it works, okay? This, this is what these guys do uh, on the side. So. Now, we do have a four-year cycle, and it's repetitive within these things. And, you know, you have one up year, one up to sideways year, then one down year, and then one sideways year before you go up again. So 2023 will probably be what I think is like a sawtooth-type year, and it's going to lean up, all right? Uh, and it, it, could be a, it could be a very powerful year if the Fed you know, takes their foot off the brake, okay? So that's something you got to remember. Now, look, there's been only three times in history where we've had two down years in a row, all right? And I, I just just recall that, okay? The other thing is the third year of an election cycle, the returns are usually positive. There's, I think, 1931, which was obviously a bad year, and 1939, which was the second move down. 2011, 2015 were also uh uh, bad years. Um, 2011 was due to some, you know, we 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 didn't increase the debt limit, uh, which is also going to be another thing they're going to deal with pretty soon here. But uh, one of the things we always track on on our, you know, Bob Dickey used to do this all the time, and Rob Schleimer's been doing it too. Rob is our head technician, and is is track the moving averages and what we looked at is the four month over the thirteen month. And when the four month is over the thirteen month, it's usually a bull market. Right now it's below. Now the other thing is, as I mentioned back in January, is the momentum was way too positive. It's the most positive I've ever seen it. 
And now it's the most negative I've ever seen it. So it, things could get really, really interesting. And then the other thing is the quadrant, the monthly quadrant balance oscillator, which is an overbought, oversold. Remember, it was down to places we hadn't seen before. And now it's popped up. So it, it'll be interesting to see what goes on from here. But the momentum is turning. We're at the bottom of the trend line. Uh, we could do an undercut just to make sure everybody's scared. But if we break 41.20 on the S&P 500, things could get really, really interesting. And the momentum on the weekly chart is fairly negative, too. So, uh, you know, bullish, bullish sentiment is now up to 20. So it's nowhere near, you know, the 50 or 60 that you need for a top. And bearish sentiment is still 45%. So we're still there, okay? Um, I did notice that there was uh, a couple things that, that made me, you know, I, I, Europe broke its near-term downtrend line on a relative strength basis versus the S&P 500. So remember that, uh, you know, Europe, remember, our dynamic asset level investing that our friends from Dorsey Wright provide us with, cash is number one, international equities are number two, and then domestic equities and commodities are buying for third place. Then it's bonds and then it's currencies. So, uh, you know, currencies have been negative for a pretty long time. And we talked about that. And it might be Bitcoin is the currency that's going to blow up. But, you know, the, they are propping up the yen. They are propping up the pound. I don't know if they're propping up the yuan or the remedy. Uh, but, you know, take it from there. 40 years now, we had a bull market in bonds. I think it's over. Okay. You better buy bonds just for its coupon. Uh, the 10 year broke its, its downtrend line going back 40 years. It just uh, inflation's back. We're going to reflate for a while. So just remember that. And the dollar broke a 36 year downtrend. It tested already and now it's broken out again. And now it's back to support. So the dollar could be a headwind long term. I don't know. That, that may be why people are talking about small caps. You know, the dollar doesn't affect them as much. And then the CRB index, the commodity index that everybody follows, you know, broke a 14-year downtrend, and uh, it took off again because of Ukraine, and now it's settled back. Uh, we'll see how it goes for the next couple of months. Uh, and oil, you know, broke out of a 11-year downtrend and took off again because of Ukraine, and now it's come back and given back all that you, uh, you know, the Ukrainian premium, uh, partly because they've been taking money out of the reserves. I've taken oil out of the reserves that we have, but I think they've milked that as much as they can. Uh, so we'll see what happens going forward. And, and gold was in a cup and handle formation and, and gave back a little bit. So it might not be, it looks good, but we'll take it from there. I will say this, the high beta indexes, that's the cyclicals, broke out and have pulled back and looked like they're in you know, a good place to buy, okay? So, so uh, some people ask me, <laughs> you know, what area do you like best? Well, I'll just say this. Uh, the best looking chart I've seen out there for some time is, is in the biotech area. Now, I started talking about this last uh, May, and uh, it's because we had a double bottom. And I get excited about it. That's what happened with oil, just so you know. That's when I started talking about oil. Biotechnology. You know, you're not going to get the deals that you got, you know, back in May, but um, it they look good. Now, the question is, will the rest of healthcare follow? All right. Uh, I, I think what you've seen is, that, you know, some of the big, large pharmaceutical companies have broken out. You know, Merck's at a new high. Johnson Johnson's at a new high. Uh, AbbVie went to a new high, broke, fell back down. You know, Abbott got beat up because of the... Uh, the uh, uh, formula thing, but uh, there's some really good-looking charts in, in there. And I'm and if I look at the either the ICE Biotech Index, which had a double bottom, or the S&P 500 Biotech Index, they both had double bottoms. There's a couple of smaller ones that look fantastic, uh, and I'm not going to tell you what those are because I'm thinking about buying those. I think that I, I think the the ultimate trading opportunity would buy ten biotechs. Under two bucks, <laughs> buy a thousand shares of each, and see what happens. Uh, that's for trade. That's for traders. That's remember. That's not for widows and orphans or anybody like that. So that's that's your Vegas money, okay? Uh, and I got a good idea what those ten should be, but we'll see what happens. Um. So 
look, there's a global recession out there. You know, we went from very easy money to very uh, tight money. But international stocks are looking good. And it's the, you know, they outperformed the S&P 500 last year. So we've been talking about this for some time now. I do think there's some really good looking, uh, you know, names out there uh, that could be added to your portfolio. I'll just add that. So, you know, you don't have to have 100% in the in the, U, in the U.S. I do think the U.S. is a great opportunity right now. Uh, but, you know, a couple of names. And, and by the way, there's, there's several names that trade here that are international stocks. Okay. They're called ADR. So let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back with the uh, bullish percent. So stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. If you have a question, 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. RAGS. They're really important, and I don't mind saying so, or even getting called the ragged man by my boys. You see, from my earliest days apprenticing with Lee Newberg, I learned about the four things required of a true professional plumber. Answer the phone when the customer calls. Show up on time. Do what you say you're going to do, and clean up your mess. That's it. And cleaning up your mess is one of the most important parts. It's one reason why Lee and I loved working for the older Eastern European ladies in Cleveland. They always had plenty of well-laundered rags, and they let us use them. It just made the job cleaner and easier. Plus, they were great ladies. You know, we've always been blessed with the best customers in Cleveland. Nowadays, my sons often find me by the washing machine at the office cleaning and folding rags. That's how I got named the Rag Man, and I take it as a compliment, because clean rags, and plenty of them, are an essential component to the Wallacadoodle experience. Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. Make a New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Help protect your identity and finances with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock detects identity threats you may miss on your own. And if you become a victim, LifeLock will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code NEWS. Okay, we're back. Uh, you know, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And, you know, we, we have some interesting stuff going on. So it's, uh, uh, <laughs> somebody asked me that the other day, uh, what, what am I thinking about as far as, uh, you know, the markets are concerned? And as you can tell, I'm, I'm fairly bullish. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, you know, um, I, I had been bullish all year up until June, and then I started to get bearish, and I just just got bearish for a short period of time and then got bullish again in September. And I, I look, um, I think there's a chance that we go over 4120. I, I, but I think you have to start to really know what a Fibonacci retracement is. And if you don't, you have a problem, okay? So I just got a question uh, via email. Um, look, you got a kind of a, a range bound S and P 500. And this gentleman asked me about gold stocks and they're starting to show up on my charts and there's, you know, should I say they're starting to shine? <laughs> I'm sorry. Couldn't resist. Uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, there's they're, they're finally, okay. After a year of, and two of getting beat up, remember we, we, it, in, in 2018, we talked about gold stocks and they made big moves, you know, 30, 40%. So, We'll see what happens, uh, you know, but 5% of your portfolio in gold is usually what people recommend. So uh, the bullish percent was up 3% on Friday. That's big. It's still a column of O's, though. It won't reverse till it hits 46. It's at 40 right now. Uh, the over-the-counter index was up a point and a half. 
and it's at uh, 31. I won't reverse till 36. So that's the smaller names. And the world index uh, was up one and a half. It's at 37 and a quarter, uh, and it needs to get to 42. So, you know, none of we're not seeing anything that really uh, we're jumping for joy for yet. Okay, we got to break that 41. We got to break that 41.20 level to get going. So, we do have a caller. I don't have a name. Hi, caller. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is Andy. Hi. How are you? Okay. Hey, uh, you were you were talking about ADRs before? Yeah. And I know they're priced in in dollars, U.S. dollars. And I'm just yep. wondering, uh, how do the exchange rates figure into ADRs? Does that move the price significantly? Well, they don't move the price as much. You know, if you if you buy them on the exchanges over there, you you do have to worry about currencies. Uh, the currency is plugged into the price. Here, so mm-hmm. the effect is is minimal. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering right. if it was that, like a strong dollar, you'd be uh, you'd be priced lower. Yeah, uh, there's a theory about that, but I've never seen it. I, you know, I've look, I, I've, you know, international stocks with a strong dollar, uh, you know, usually don't aren't, aren't a place to be. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know we've had a strong dollar, and the dollar's broken down, and that's why you're seeing. I think that you know some of the ADRs are starting to outperform anyway. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the, okay. you know, we said on this show back in I think it was mid October that the dollar had broken its uptrend line, and then it got it got hammered, and that's where you saw the, the strength coming from the international stocks. By the way, mm-hmm. with the dollar coming down, commodities should go up. But this is the first year I saw the dollar go up and commodities go up too. It was very interesting. Don't know yeah, why that crazy. happened, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of crazy things happened this year, <laughs> unfortunately. So uh, if that helps at all. all right. Okay, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have a great day. So if we look at dynamic asset level investing, then our friends from Dorsey Wright, you know, and they're provider of the bullish percent for us too, by the way. Uh, talk to us about. What we're talking about is relative strength investing. Energy still holds the number one spot. Remember, they were they were dead last for about four years, five years. Basic materials were, not, were, were, not, were dead last, and healthcare was dead last for four years. They were the lowest form of life and relative strength, okay? Now, consumer non-cyclical, which is staples, are number two. Basic materials are number three. Financials jumped over industrials this week. Uh, that's a, they are value stocks and industrials are number five utilities and health. By the way, they're all favored sectors. And then utilities and healthcare are neutral, but they're gaining ground. They're gaining votes. Okay. Uh, and you know, we talked about biotechnology is a great looking chart at this point. So, uh, do with what you will with, with that information. Um, I, I, I saw some stuff that uh, I thought was kind of interesting, and, and I'll I'll just go back. Um, you know, like I said, the the high beta group broke out, pulled back, and and is right where they need to stop. And I think that's pretty important on a monthly basis because uh, you remember this is a monthly chart, so you don't have to run out and buy them tomorrow. Okay, um, but. They've underperformed for a pretty long time. You know, uh, value stocks have out, uh, underperformed growth for almost eight, nine years now. So uh, there should be a pretty good size valuation move uh, coming. And I think, you know, if I were a betting man, if, you know, the stuff that's at the bottom of the, the sign curve uh, are a lot of the materials companies. Uh, you know, Copper looks like it broke out Thursday. I mean Friday. I'm sorry. Industrials, small caps, and mid caps. Some technology, um, but I think technology is still going down. And Ed, you just sent me an email uh, and asked me about Tesla. Uh, Tesla is really oversold, but I don't think you need to jump in and buy it yet. Uh, you know that I'm just talking about a technical basis. I'm not giving you any kind of fundamental opinion. Um, fundamental opinion is for our analysts, and if you like a report, I can certainly send you one. Uh, transports are still coming down, but they they look like they could turn. So 
I do like materials and I do like biotechnology a lot. Uh, you know, I think bio, biotech and energy are still two places that you want to be. Uh, energy might need to pause for a while. Okay. And I think it, it'll be the actual oil stocks that pause and the, uh, the oil service stocks, uh, We'll move forward. We'll see what happens if I'm right or wrong on that. But there's a. I was looking at the dogs of the Dow, and there's a couple, there's one with a six percent yield. Uh, now you know they're usually ones that get beat up the most the year before, uh, but that's a pretty good way of uh, of looking at things. And I think that uh, if you continue along those lines, uh, that has that has a great long term track record. All right. So look, the big picture. Is getting really complicated, and as this is why it's you have to look. You know, I, I met with a couple people last week, and I, I showed them charts, and they said I thought we were really down far, and we haven't gone down. We're not at a new low, okay? But we have inflation at a forty-year highs. We have the Fed focused on inflation, you know, so they're raising interest rates. We got economic growth slowing. You know, the rece- recession risks are very high at this point. If they're not, if we're not in one. Earnings revisions ahead? Who knows? Um, you know, we've got the midterm election. Geopolitical developments will add a lot of noise to the market. That's why you look at the chart, okay? That's why you read the research because, you know, what I'm trying to do is add insiders to charts to, to fundamental research. And the reason you do that, it cuts out all the noise, okay? So if you're people, people are amazed when they sit down and they, we look at the charts and we say, hey, this is what's really happening. And they say, I didn't know that. I mean, I had, I had a gentleman, I drank way too much coffee at, at lunch the other day, uh, Thursday, and I must have had eight cups of coffee with this guy, and he, uh, he's a former Army, a former Marine. God bless him. Uh, but he, I don't think I've ever drank that much coffee in my life, by the way. And I showed him the charts, and he was, he was in disbelief. He said, you know, wh- what date are these charts? I said, two days ago. And, and so you got to cut out the noise, all right? So the markets, they'll probably remain cho- choppy. It'll be a tug of war. You know, b- bottoms can be messy, all right? But I think we're going to have, like I said, the sawtooth move up over the course of the next year. And the question is, you know, everybody asks, is growth dead? You know, we got to feed the world. We've got new defense. Uh, a lot of popular questions from our clients, okay? But look, the, the S&P 500 performance, we're not at a new low. The new low occurred in September. That was the low, all right, uh, for now. And we've rallied off that. And even with this last drop, we didn't hit a new low. And if we go up from here and we broke off this little low here we made, and you make a higher low, that means demand is coming in at a higher level. That's extremely positive, folks, okay? Extremely positive. So. Don't, you know, jump off a cliff anytime now, okay? So remember, the six-month treasury or the 10-year treasury minus the six-month treasury is at the, a number I've never seen before. So, we've, you know, I was talking to the, the options desk, and I, I said last week that the put-to-call ratio was at two. Now, he told me that some of that was because of the holidays. He said it's probably at 1.54. I've never seen 1.54. I've seen 1.48, 1.49, and those were at major bottoms. I mean, 1.49 was at the bottom in March of 2009, all right? So we could be at a pretty big bottom, all right? And like I said, John Templeton made a fortune, a big-time fortune, by buying. He told his broker to buy all the stocks, 100 shares of all the stocks he could under a dollar back in 1931 when the the dust settled after the 29 crash. And that $20,000 turned into a ton of money. All right, a ton of money. Uh, he didn't tell them to buy on margin, though. <laughs> All right, so if you're using margin, uh, we'll leave it at that. But look, I, I think we've got some positive forces. There's fewer pandemic restrictions, uh, resilient household finances are, you know, we got supply uh, chain problems are easing, inflation is becoming less high. But the negative forces is inflation still remains high. We got aggressive monetary tightening. We have tightening, you know, tightening conditions. We have we still have a commodity shock in the Ukraine war. Uh, Chinese headwinds are there. We have a fiscal drag. 
and confidence has plummeted, which may be a positive, that may move over to the positive side. So, you know, just don't get too negative. Remember, the the world is not going to end. The sun's going to rise tomorrow, okay? So I, I just think it's it's important that uh, when you're talking about the long the long view, uh, you you pay attention to this four year cycle. All right, so we're coming into the last year of the four year cycle. The fourth year or the or the first year of a four year cycle is usually a huge gainer, and I think that'll start in 2023, especially especially <laughs> if the Fed eases or stops raising interest rates. If they just stop raising interest rates, there is so much money on the sidelines. I was in shock. Uh, after I I went through a session and uh, with a another firm, by the way, uh, one one of our people that we use, and they told you know they they went they went through how much cash there is on the sidelines. It's amazing, you know. I mean, the amount of money, amount of money in the money markets is amazing. All right, the amount of money that have gone to bond funds is amazing. Stay tuned. We'll be right back and have a question. Numbers two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Stay tuned. Rags, they're really important, and I don't mind saying so. Or even getting called the rag man by my boys. You see, from my earliest days apprenticing with Lee Newberg, I learned about the four things required of a true professional plumber. Answer the phone when the customer calls. Show up on time. Do what you say you're going to do. And clean up your mess. That's it. And cleaning up your mess is one of the most important parts. It's one reason why Lee and I loved working for the older Eastern European ladies in Cleveland. They always had plenty of well-laundered rags, and they let us use them. It just made the job cleaner and easier. Plus, they were great ladies. You know, we've always been blessed with the best customers in Cleveland. Nowadays, my sons often find me by the washing machine at the office cleaning and folding rags. That's how I got named the Rag Man, and I take it as a compliment. Because clean rags, and plenty of them, are an essential component to the Wallacadoodle experience. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. Just tuned in. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And, you know, uh, what we try to do is we have a system on this show, okay? So we've been talking about this for years, but we start out with strategy and throw in a few uh, economic comments, and then we work our way down to different groups, uh, different ideas, different technical stuff, and then we move our way down to insiders. Insiders tend to be early. They, we're looking guys for guys who buy big, and uh, it kind of, I think over the holidays, they all took a break. <laughs> but we did have a couple interesting ones. Uh, two Company um, is is a acquis- one of the acquisition companies, and the, the two co-CEOs uh, and, and also the chief financial officer all bought 600,000 shares. That's about six, you know, about a 10, so about $6 million worth. And you, you may recall, uh, back in, uh, I think it was April, they bought, uh, each bought 28,000, maybe 29,000 shares each, which, uh, was, you know, showed up on my, uh, my list and I mentioned it back then. But that's, that's kind of interesting because these things, you know, they don't, it's just money until they buy somebody. Now, a lot of these things have just sat at 10 and a lot of them dropped from 10 to like two. <laughs> so you got to be careful with them. Uh, but, uh, you know they they were hot for a while, so you know leave it at that. And then we had the Gabelli Convertible and Income Securities Fund, and the great Mario Gabelli. Uh, 
personally bought 350,000 shares, uh, and that's $3.5 million. So I believe that was a, a fund that has been around for a while. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, he bought it the last day of the year, so we'll see what happens. And then uh, CrowdStrike, which, uh, you know, CrowdStrike, Datadog, uh, CloudFare, they're all in uh, security, cloud security. And um, that play, that is, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but the Russians were trying to hack into one of our nuclear uh, sites, and it gets interesting. But the, he did this on J- J- January 5th. I'm sorry, she did it. So Roxanne Austin, and she's a director, and she bought 35,000 shares at like 96. She's already down, by the way. Uh, she's down about three bucks. So that's that's kind of interesting. And then uh, High Peak Energy, Jack Hightower, who's the chief executive officer, smart money, by the way. He bought uh, 131,000 shares. I'm sorry, for the tune of about two million bucks. And this is a really interesting one. Uh, Mary Mac Pharmaceuticals, which is a takeover target. The the uh, director Eric Anderson, smart money by the way, uh, bought two point three million dollars worth, and then about two days later, uh, bought another four hundred sixty eight thousand dollars worth. Um, it's only like a half a point between where he bought it and uh, you know I think they're supposed to be taking over at twelve. So that's that's an interesting scenario. Just a couple more, uh, Lasaki Technologies, which is a software company from South Africa. Uh, we had Value Capital Partners who bought a ton of this uh, maybe a month ago, bought another $950,000. And then um, Universal Technical Institute, which is educational training stuff, Coliseum uh, Capital bought uh, $600,000. They bought quite a bit a while ago. And then... Uh, this is an old oldie but goodie, and I've owned this. Bought this a long time ago, and I paid like uh, fourteen bucks for it. But uh, Compass Diversified, there was a ton of insiders that bought, and uh, you know they all bought like one hundred twenty, one hundred nine, one hundred nine, and I think it was like nine of them that bought there. So um, that's fairly interesting. By the way, I'll just say this again: from his absence, Jay Farner at Rocket Companies. Did not buy anymore. So that's two weeks in a row. It's the first two weeks I think I can remember where he didn't buy. Um, so he's, he's bought a ton. I mean, a ton of stock. Uh, so uh, he's, he's uh, well, let's put, put his way, his absence is noted. <laughs> anyway, so look, the S&P 500 interday reversal, uh, you know, between Wednesday, uh, Thursday and Friday, I thought were, were, was very important. Uh, so I think break above, you know, we had a sideways movement. The break above the sideways movement is important. Uh, just remember, Europe is still outperforming the U.S. because um, it's not going down as much. Uh, so there's no mean reversion yet. I think uh, weekly exhaustion uh, is 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 there, okay, but it's not 100%. Um, look, we had no chance. Basically, since mid-December, we we had little or no change in the in the Dow or the S and P 500, and we broke above that that range now. So that's that's a positive. I think the the energy sector weakness had picked up quite a bit, um, but get a lot of support underneath it. So we'll see what happens there. Um, people have been asking me, uh, you know, about Apple, and I just refer them to the point that hey, we talked about the magazine cover. Apple's made a huge run. It's going to digest that for a while. It's a wonderful company. So, um, you know, I was looking, and, and I, I, I the, the first day of the second day of the year, I guess was I was looking at the QQQ, and it went to multi-date lows. Uh, you know, and I thought that we were going to turn lower. Just say this. Um, you know, I looked at GAN's mass pressure index, which is another thing that you probably know about, and it suggests that this year could be quite positive. Pre-election years are usually quite positive. Everyone's negative. That is a good sign, folks, okay? So, look, I think you got to start the new year. If you own a company, let's see if we can put more away in a tax-deferred account. You can grow your money a lot faster when the government isn't taken from you. You don't have to worry about 
tax loss selling. You don't have to worry about any of that. You can grow your money faster. We'll sit down with Dunbar and Benner. Jane Topic knows his stuff. Trust me. Uh, then the other things I would be thinking about right now is the wealth plan. New year. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new life for me, right? With a wealth plan and a, and a family inventory workbook. But the dogs of the Dow start to look at this one with a 6% dividend yield. The number one on that list. But if you'd like to have a conversation, sit down, we'll talk about your wealth plan, talk about your portfolio, uh, you know, give me a call and you can go to WHK's website. Okay. WHK 14, I mean, 1120, uh, 1420, I'm sorry, uh, AM. And just go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show. It can take you directly to my webpage. And look, take time to look at Insight, you know, the Insight banner. There's a lot of good information on that. Pronto, okay? Uh, the bulletin board has Rob Schleimer's stuff, and you can see the chart on biotechnology that I'm talking about. And it also has all contact me, email meets. Look, we've guided you pretty well this year, with the exception of maybe May through July. And we've guided fairly well for the last 10 years, 15 years, all right? The point is, is if we guide you in a way of a wealth plan together, it's the beginning of a beautiful relationship, as they said in Casablanca. So set up a time. Let's have an appointment. Let's talk about your portfolio. Let's talk about your wealth plan, et cetera. Look, dividend growth investing did great last year. The prime income list did great. These things were flat to up for the year. You know, we have two money managers that we use, outside money managers. They were both up last year. One was up 8%. One was up 4 right? That's at a down 19% year for the S&P 500, a down 34% year for the NASDAQ composite. Those are pretty good deals, all right? Now, some of our growth stocks got beat up. I admit to that 100%. Uh, they're high quality, very high quality. So I'm not too worried about it for the long run. That's for sure. Uh, however, you know, they're up a lot. So you got to be more careful. We've trimmed some of our positions on those. So I, I think the QQQ is an interesting scenario. I, I don't know if it's time to buy it yet. I think uh, I'd snip away at it a little bit. You know, I bought, you know, 10 shares here, 10 shares there, you know, that type of thing. But I think it'll snap back eventually. But I think the key is value stocks, the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, two money managers are both value guys. By the way, they were both up last year to, uh, in 2021, too. So uh, they do pretty well when growth's doing well, too. So just keep that in mind. Dividend growth is the key, folks. So, hey, stay warm for the weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm, I'm going to a birthday party. In the meantime, uh, this is the Smart Investor Show. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.